This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Quip, electric toothbrushes sent to your home with brush head refills every three months. And if you go to tryquip.com slash thumbs, you can get your first brush head refill absolutely free. That is tryquip.com slash thumbs. Um, I have a really stupid, stupid, stupid thing that I can endorse. Oh, good. <laughs> Peripheral corner. If I can't think of anything better by the time it's time to record. <laughs> really stupid. Ah, yeah, this is our this is our uh, tech corner. Remember that? How like we thought it was really funny and cool, and then you, for some reason, Nick, just insisted on berating for the entirety of that segment? We were like, Vaguely. Yeah, we were like, it's so helpful and cool. This guy sent in a bunch of tech advice, and you were like, yeah, uh, plug that in. Yeah, nice one. And it was... <laughs> Really, I did. That's what I said. Yeah, you basically plug that in. You, nice one. Basically, my memory of it is that you said plug that in. Nice one. <laughs> you plug didn't literally say that, but God, I that just sounds re- like I was cool. Plug that in. Nice one. What does that re- fucking remind me of? That reminds me of the cadence of some other stupid thing that we said on this show within the last six months. Good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we've hit peak. Like. Must connect everything in our brains. Yeah, I know. Jesus. <laughs> Plug that in. Nice one. Oh, relates oh, to. Oh, classic. Sounds vaguely similar to these other seven completely different words. <laughs> yeah, to these words. <laughs> classic. Oh, <laughs> uh, plug that uh. in. <laughs> that could also be the name of our podcast. Right. Plug that in. Nice one. Oh, my. <laughs> God, we're stuck with this now. Plug that in. Nice Whoa. one. Is the tempo speeding up for you guys? Oh, that was bizarre. Oh, you know what's nice? There's a timer up there. Uh, it's built into Zencaster, including showing us that we've already wasted three minutes of this episode. <laughs> it's Friday the 13th. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Ooh. <laughs> And this oh, sorry, is I... important of true. Final <laughs> 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 thumbs. I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Hey guys. Hey. Welcome to this spooky episode. Oh, so scary. It's Halloween. <laughs> it's not. No, it's not. It's why it's April 13th. Yeah. It is Friday the 13th. You're right. Yeah, it and is. And this. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday the Friday Thumbs. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brown. Oh wow, you're you are. Oh you that's true, you are. <laughs> what about you? Who's this other third guy? Oh, I'm Jake Rodkin. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And what me. is it? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this, this is what happens when you die. <laughs> you're constantly introducing a podcast <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> oh god. god that we would be terrible. terrible. That would actually be awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. Welcome. That's just to this what happens when we're alive. Actually, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that's true. what happens. That's what happens yeah, now. That happened last week. <laughs> yeah. All right. Welcome back to a real episode of Important If True. Unlike last week's, uh, whatever that was. It was a cursed episode. Mm. It was definitely a cursed episode. We are. This is for various logistical reasons. Um, we are recording this podcast remotely rather than in our studio. Um, and this is the first real episode that will be recorded that way. So we'll just see how it goes. I'm sure it'll uh, go great. We'll see what unique flavor it imparts to this pod. We'll see what pod flavor results. <laughs> yes. So 
I've become slightly obsessed. Did you guys... Okay. Uh, did you see... You know how they're making a billion Star Wars movies now? They're making like yes. an infinite an infinite number of Star Wars movies. Yes. Star Wars, uh, Star Wars started a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but it's going to catch up so fucking fast because they're making <laughs> like hours of Star Wars content every year after. But anyway, so the, the, they put out a trailer for the Han Solo spinoff movie called Solo. Yeah. Uh, like the... the, 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 the the, the official trailer came out yesterday after there being two other trailers that I guess aren't official. But um, this trailer includes a cliffhanger moment where you see Chewbacca <laughs> hanging off the side of the Millennium Falcon mm-hmm. as they like fly Wait, up towards... No, they're on a planet. They're like, there's okay. like... There's like, you know, some sort of rescue mission moment and he's like reaching off or he's stuck outside of it or whatever. And then like a rock starts flying up towards his face and then it cuts to black as if this is some (laughs) outrageous uh, spoiler moment, like a a suspenseful. um, (laughs) And it's, you know, it's the least suspenseful thing ever because we know that he's definitely going to get hit in the face. We literally just, <laughs> well, okay, sure. He's definitely going to get hit in the face and nothing is going to happen to him because <laughs> in last year's Star Wars movie, uh, I like, God, Chris, th- sorry, you took that in a direction completely different than I was expecting. You're like, he's definitely going to get hit in the face. <laughs> I thought you were implying the cliffhanger was, is Chewbacca going to get hit in the face by this rock? Uh, like, well, I, I, I mean, I, physically speaking, probably. I, I had been assuming that he wouldn't because we know that he's alive, mm. but yes, you, oh. you <laughs> but yes, he 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 might get Wait, hit. Wait, hold on. The Does the force intervene? What do you mean? Well, I mean, he probably just ducks out of the way. The, I haven't or like, seen this trailer, so I can't. No, the trailer, like the rock is coming towards him, and then it cuts. It's like a cliffhanger it's moment. Pretty fast. Like, Will is it, Chewbacca? Is it like a is it like a meteor sized rock? No, or is it it's like, like the a ship, pebble? The, he's on the like ship. he's on a train though. He's going incredibly fast. Oh, it's on a, it's a train. Whatever. Sorry, he's yeah. on a fast moving vehicle, and like so a cliff yeah, edge comes up. It's literally the moment from like the Indiana Jones. Tank hey, sequence. <laughs> I was imagining this He's like a rock, like, like, just like, like a rock that you'd like throw at someone <laughs> as a joke, and I thought it was just like, oh yeah, okay. There's no, a rock coming at his face. It, he's going to get hit it, by it. And he's not going to die, but no. like, it's going to suck like, for him for a moment. Yeah, that, that version, it, then just the camera cuts and like Lando has thrown a rock at Chewbacca, who is mad. <laughs> no, this like, this trailer moment does use all of the, um, all of the dramatic storytelling rules that one does for like a high stakes action scenario where someone might get splatted in a high speed chase, except that it's Chewbacca who like six Definitely months ago we die. saw alive like in a movie that takes place 30 years later uh, yeah. yeah but because the trailer was cut that way uh people started you know making all sorts of goofs about what the what that cliffhanger <laughs> could possibly be like does chewbacca die and get replaced by a new wookie who han solo names chewbacca uh, or whatever and the thing that i became obsessed with because i think that the han solo movie is just gonna kind of be a wet nothing like I, I'm not excited for it. I, I'm sure I'll see it because I'm myself. But I became <laughs> obsessed with the specific situation of this movie ending with Han Solo and Chewbacca just dying. Uh, <laughs> and then, <laughs> then an iris wiping closed at the end, like in the Star Wars credit spell. And as you know, this this movie is directed by by Ron Howard. <laughs> yeah. um, but the idea that... <laughs> this was actually came from my phone mis- uh, autocorrecting incorrectly, but the idea that the that iris wipes closed and says directed by Rob Howard. <laughs> <laughs> that Ron Howard was brought in as... Like, this is like a notorious thing. Where it was originally the directors of... Uh, <laughs> 
was originally the directors of right. 21 Jump Street and the Lego movie doing yeah. this. They were thrown yeah. off the movie, and then Ron Howard was brought in. They're like, you have six months <laughs> to redo this. So the idea that he ends it with Chewbacca just getting killed, then the Millennium Falcon explodes, and it says directed by Rob <laughs> Howard is the f- <laughs> fucking funniest thing to me. <laughs> And he just walks away. He's like, I got final cut. That was my yeah. only request. <laughs> Actually, I had two requests. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it ends. Also, take my name off this movie as, as subtly it. as possible. <laughs> it with, with my brother, Rob Howard, who directs all the movies I don't want to direct. <laughs> yeah, so that, that showed up because I was typing a tweet that just said the ends with the Millennium Falcon exploding and then it Iris or then it Iris wipes to directed by Rob Howard and I just was destroyed by so my you were, So you were making the like First I was joking about the first the goof. first half. And then, yeah. And, yeah. Then my phone unfurled a far better version of it. Where it wipes not even the guy. And I just didn't yeah. see it. It was just a re- it was a reply. It was a reply oh. to the person who posted the tweet about uh Han Solo raising Chewie from a baby. It was the, the mm. I've been I've I woke up in the middle of the night because uh, my cat screamed at me. Uh, wanting food but then i thought about rob howard again and i actually couldn't sleep for like 20 minutes because i kept picturing like that like like but it's just like the audience the audience seeing hot solo fucking just exploded space and then see a guy's name that doesn't exist <laughs> and then having to just walk out of a movie theater oh i couldn't i couldn't stop thinking about that that's my quote for the uh, movie trailer as well <laughs> i couldn't stop thinking about that Jack Rodkin. So, <laughs> so I have nowhere to go with that, but I thought you would enjoy that that thought that I had. Yep, I, I yeah, enjoyed it. Definitely enjoy that. Good job. So I'm pretty pretty hyped for for Solo, a Star Wars story now for the for the director's cut. Oh, the director's cut, right? Of course, yeah. The, for the true director, <laughs> I don't know what to do with that, but I like it. And I'm glad you said it. And I'm yeah. glad that that infected your brain and now ours and all of our listeners. Yeah. Um, Okay, I don't know. I have absolutely no way to um, connect this whatsoever. This is maybe the hardest possible segue. Um, But I just enjoyed an article that we were sent by a a reader, a listener named Zach Warner, who wrote, who sent a message about uh, fluorescent puffin bills, um, which is a thing that has apparently always been true and we literally never knew about it until now. Uh, the beaks of puffins have um, like fluorescent streaks of lighting on them that you can only see uh, under UV light and they're just there. They're just always like that. Um, and an English scientist named Jamie Dunning of Nottingham university in England, uh, just found this out like by accident sorry what i assume the reason we i assume the reason we don't know about that is because it's it means nothing to us (laughs) well i mean that's a matter of opinion i I hear that i'm like can puffins see this or is this like to fool bees into pollinating (laughs) puffin beaks like what is the or bills i guess they have gross Uh, i don't know i I don't i don't i don't know but i well, so here, let's... let's how did they find this out? What do scientists... Yeah, Why do they think to do this? I, I'm really glad you asked because the reason is incredible. So, uh, Jamie Dunning, he was just having a bad day. He was having a, quote, <laughs> troubling time in the lab, according to this story. Things not going well in science world. 
Uh, so he, j- <laughs> this is what he decided to do to cope with his troubling day. He turned off all the lights, took out a puffin carcass, and shone a UV light on it. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he did. Like he, you do. What? He, <laughs> he, he slid little- the three. He slid the three uh, bodies the police don't know about into the closet, <laughs> and then took out a puffin, uh, yeah. a puffin <laughs> yeah, exactly. corpse, and shined a UV light on it. What? Yep. <laughs> just what? you know, I was just. Uh. Yep. And the two yellow ridges on the puffin's bill, called if you're interested, the lamella and the sear, uh, lit up. It lit up like a firefly. God. Sorry, like Nick, I'm trying to imagine this guy doing that, and just the re- the reaction that he must have had of just <laughs> well, uh, being being alone in your office, then just being like, uh, "I'll just whoa!" Like, <laughs> how are you? Not, how are you not just fucking freaked out? But yeah, just yeah. what was he expecting? What happened? Ah, uh, you know, like its skull lit up like a part of its. Well, so wait, yeah, he wouldn't have done it back. unless he thought. There might be the slightest possibility of something happening. I mean, I don't know. Now I'm imagining he's having such a hard time. He just turned the lights out and there happened to be a puff in there. Like he just was like, you know, crying or something. Well, then, <laughs> just wait, hold like on, looked hold over. On. What is the purpose of a UV light in that scenario in any context? That's true. Maybe he just thinks it's funny to see like the dust and stuff. Like this, isn't, yeah, maybe that he ha- just, isn't that what happens when UV light makes like dust and grime? Yeah, it just it just makes various things illuminate. Um, yeah, maybe. God, okay, hold on. So, is it possible that <clears throat> by combining these two things, Jamie Dunning created sort of tweaked our timeline to put us into a new world in oh, so which puffin like beaks a- are fluorescent? Right, this is like a Schrodinger, Schrodinger's puffin mm-hmm. beak, mm-hmm. where they existed in a in a state that could either be fluorescent or not until someone shined a fluorescent light on them. Right. Had no one ever done this, they never would have been fluorescent. We would have been none the wiser. We're still none the wiser because we have no idea what this is. Like, the, um, he says, uh, let's see here. So, um, apparently, birds actually see more colors than we do. So, Mm -hmm. like, Dunning says that unlike humans, birds have always been aware of the extra colors in the puffin bill because they can actually see an entire other dimension of hues. So, humans see color in red, blue, and green light, but birds have an additional color, uh, which is a property called tetrachromatic vision. Whoa. Yeah. He says, they see colors that we cannot comprehend. The bill of a puffin is forged by generations, hundreds, and thousands of years of sexual selection. There's a lot going on. Uh, So, and then the article points out, so far the fluorescence has only been seen in dead puffins in Jamie Dunning's lab. So, it remains like... Whoa, what if he Scooby-Dooed this puffin bill? (laughs) What if if this was fluorescent gel pen? Oh my god. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he was planning on that puffin haunting an old an old abandoned hotel that a bunch of <laughs> puffin teens went to. Uh, but then it turned out it was just a UV light on a puffin bill. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't actually a ghost, but then yeah. it was actually a corpse. So that's actually <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I was wondering if this for some reason might be related to uh, puffins going after fish. So I just quickly, I did a tiny cursory Google search on on uv light and fish like in case for some reason just like in the three seconds that a puffin bill 
goes into the water to grab a fish if a fish is like that's oh. fucking red instead of being like i'm being murdered and there are uv fish lures and stuff but people tend to it seems to be contested as to whether or not that actually works or if it universally works or like if fish see or react to uv or anything at all but yeah. i hope that it's just that fish can totally see uv and that a puffin beak just blows their fucking minds and then they're just like eat me they, they just love it the implication i think of dunning's comment here I could be wrong, but it seems to be that puffins can see this shit with their naked eyes and find it incredibly sexual. So puffins don't care if a fish can see it and get eaten because they instead see it and are like, oh It doesn't really matter. If you are a puffin with UV bright fluorescent beak, you're just going to end up having more sex. Nice. So, I mean, it doesn't, the, there might be a, there might be a a survival component, but it might also just be a like performative awesome looking thing i guess paint uv light on, the, on that statue of a puffin puffins and you'll be, yeah paint uv light on the nose of your own corpse after you're dead and it will prove <laughs> oh yes yeah. that's a thing by the way um they have to actually like confirm that this is not just a property of dead puffins like it's theoretically possible that this could be a result of the puffin corpse decomposition process. So they've created a bunch of puffin sunglasses that they're going to put onto live puffins so that they can shine UV lights onto them without like messing up their eyes or whatever. What? So there's going to be a bunch of like super cool puffins walking yeah. around that not only look super cool because of their bioluminescent or their UV <laughs> right. luminescent beaks, but yeah. also because they have six shades. Also because they're wearing aviators. Yeah. God, puffin population on the rise. Yeah, uh, definite. Yes. Unprecedented. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you thought they were cool just with those beaks. There's going to be so much puffin cereal sold when those puffins uh, have cool sunglasses and kids see them. Uh, kids can also see puffins' beaks. Children yeah. and dogs. <laughs> Only the innocent, the innocents can perceive the bright, sexy glow of the puffin beak. I hate this now. Yeah. Sorry. All the only only children of dogs can see puffin ghosts, can see dead puffin <laughs> beaks. Anyway, that that's that. Um, it's I think it's amazing, and I'm glad we it know is. this now. It's fantastic. I I I really want to hear what the rest of this story is as they figure this out. I want them to. Yeah, I, mean, I, I hope I hope that it's just that puffins appear sexy to each other through an invisible visual language that only they can perceive. But I would also be totally happy if any other outcome happened. If it was the doctor, like, I painted it on. Or if it was, <laughs> oh, this only happens to a puffin corpse. Uh, or it turns out once we put the sunglasses on, they can't see it anymore. Or, you know, like, any what? outcome. Wait, hold on, what? They put the sunglasses on and they're then like, we fuck, can we no put longer... You- no, 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 the puffins are like, shit, we put UV oh. blocking. <laughs> Wait, that's true. If they're putting sunglasses on the puffins to let humans shine light on, won't that also mean that puffins will suddenly find each other supremely unsexy? Uh, if, so, if actually, they- I'm looking at the picture of the sunglasses, and calling them sunglasses is kind of an exaggeration because they are literally just completely opaque the goggles like, panels. That get, mm. Yeah, they, they they prevent them from seeing literally anything. So not only can they not see... Oh, okay. The, it's, it's, to sh- it's so they can shine light on the puffins but not blast their mm-hmm. eyeballs. Yeah. So okay. they definitely will find each other and everything way less. Sexy. I was really hoping that you were going to say they're not like sunglasses, but they're the wraparound kind you get at yeah, an eye doctor. Yeah, that's that was I was imagining puffins walking around with little like cellophane sheets over their eyes that kind of look like an 80s version of the future. Yeah. Um 
I don't understand why this was discovered in the January, I think. And yet we still don't know if this is real. I mean, this article was published a couple days ago. Science is slow, Chris. It takes its time. Yeah, just go to a zoo and like, why hasn't a person just done this? Like, you can go to the Central Park Zoo in New York, and there's puffins there. Uh, just can't you? It's, just, it seems seems pretty rude. I'm just surprised no one has done it. Chris, would you want someone walking up to you and exposing like the the elements of your body that have to do with sexual uh, attractiveness? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, like to what if someone okay. walked up to you and, and just I'm going to I'm going to show why y- you may or may not be genetically alluring to a mate. I think that's pretty rude. I think that you should not I think you should at if least was, have the it, decency to cover the puffin's eyes. If if it was just my face and I had cool shit on my nose, I probably wouldn't mind it. That's true. Maybe <laughs> if they handed you a cool pair of shades. Yeah, if they they had a, <laughs> like that's true they're like okay chris you know what we're gonna make you look just wear these sunglasses then we're gonna highlight your most alluring yeah. feature you're like okay that's fine yeah well uh but what if they then shined a uv light on you and you didn't know up until now that your nose glowed i would be glad to know i would be glad for the knowledge oh i would think about it every day maybe yeah. the puffins don't know <laughs> but you wouldn't know well, they don't. <laughs> you would just be they, told. They, that's the thing, though. They don't know. Like, they don't know that this right. is that because it just looks like normal extra colors to them. And we just cannot actually understand what those colors even look like. It's like the classic mm. thing, you know, where, where it's like, oh, does red look the same for me as it is for you? Right. Like, we don't actually know. We have no way to sort of describe that in objective terms. These birds have an entire additional dimension of color that we literally can't imagine. Their color space is bigger than ours. That's that's amazing to think about. Uh, and we have no accessibility into that that realm. These birds are literally on another level. Yeah. And their beaks are basically right at the edge of that level, I guess, too. So Yeah, that's this is like... Um, the equivalent of sh- like shining a UV light on a puffin beak so that we can kind of understand what it looks like is sort of the equivalent of when you see um, like representations of 4D space. You know, like when people have like yeah. a 3D cube and it sort of rotates mm-hmm. in this baffling way where it sort of inverts in on itself and stuff. And it's like, that's a hypercube. That's a four dimensional cube. Now you understand it. And it's like, oh, my God, I can't conceive oh of this God. that's basically what we're doing when we shine uv lights on puffin beaks on puffin we're, beaks yeah we're getting yeah. this like tiny little entree into and you're their like man world. if i if i could given given how attracted i am to that puffin even <laughs> just with the uv light on <laughs> if my imagine. eyes could see it with my if i could see it with my real eyes i i it would uh, <laughs> just yeah it would be it would be bad for me and the puffin yeah let um, me let me look upon you with my own eyes a dying solo says to the puffin <laughs> says to the porg and then you just see blue light uh shine on his face and then it says directed by rob howard <laughs> he explodes and then it says directed by rob howard <laughs> he explodes he oh sees bl- the blue glow he the, the ultraviolet the glow of the puffin as he just turns into oh dust and God. is just <laughs> <laughs> Han Solo will return in Star Wars. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but and then there's fucking porgs everywhere. They got those porgs too. Ugh. Yeah, I wonder if porg beaks glow. We'll never know because we're going to abandon the line of reasoning. So, Chris, this yeah. article about scientists doing things for reasons that either 
<laughs> there is either no discernible reason or a questionable reason. God, maybe. Of- do you guys think the scientist has been shining when he's getting bored, just shining UV lights on corpses of different things for his entire career? <laughs> like, holy fucking shit. I knew it. I knew this would pay off. <laughs> like, it's not. He's just like, God damn it. Like, I'm so depressed. Oh, well, God, you know, this, I can always shine this a light hasn't on worked corpse. yet. Yeah, this, yeah, like he's depressed like, yeah. because he's gone through six hundred different species by now. It's <laughs> the never day worked. before this, he had a, he had a conversation with like his partner or his, or his coworkers. Like, yeah, you know, I think I think I'm just done with the UV light thing. Yeah, it's just not yeah. gonna. And then like he was like, you know what? I'll just I'll, I'll sell it sake. at a pawn shop. I'll sell it at a pawn shop today after work. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then then he just <gasps> oh mother of God. But then the twist is definitely that his wife like painted it on at that point. Like it's it's oh, de- no. it's definitely oh, like the sympathy. Oh, that would be so crushing. Uh, yeah, it's like, but I I published I, pu- I published <laughs> yeah. about it was, it. You it ruined us. I saw it. It was there. <laughs> and then the Scooby Doo intro plays actually, uh, <laughs> directed by Rob Howard. Yeah, as I was saying before, Ron. <laughs> excuse me, Rob uh, Howard interjected himself. Uh, Ron Howard never would. Uh, just. Science for highly suspicious reasons. So I guess, I guess it's a theme on this show. Um, yeah. Our friend, our friend Ali Moss sent me a link with just the sentence: "This is the most important link you will ever receive." Jesus. And uh, I didn't believe him, but then I clicked on it, and I'll I just read you. Him. I'll just read you the headline first, and then I'll <laughs> I'll tell you a little bit about this story. Uh, it's, it's an article on the website Indy 100, but it's also, uh, the History Channel also has an article about it. And the headline is, AI programmed to solve the mystery of the Zodiac Killer is doing something incredibly <laughs> <What>? creepy. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on a second, hold on a second. Is the th- creepy thing that it's doing solving the mystery of the Zodiac Killer? Uh, no, it has AI additional features. To do creepy thing doing creepy yes. thing. <laughs> yeah so so there's a um <clears throat> there's a, there's an ai researcher named kevin knight who um has he has an he's born one a, night a, in the lab <laughs> shining lights he was on born stuff. one night in the lab and he said you know what i should do i should program my learning ai with all of the writings of the world's most notorious killers <laughs> Wait, 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 really? No, that's not really what he did. Oh. He, But he he has an AI uh, sort of toolkit thing called Carmel that he has used. To, uh, it, it, there was a thing called the, I, I'm not going to pronounce this correctly, Copial, C-O-P-I-A-L-E, uh, the Copial or Copiali cipher, which is a, it's like uh, a, a hundred plus pages of like of handwritten notes that is hundreds of years old. And he fed that into this tool and, and what it was is able it? to decide it. Uh, it was notes of instructions. It, it was notes uh, about the rituals of a German secret society from hundreds Whoa. of years ago, mm. and he decoded that. And now he uh, is working on the uh, un undecrypted this is zodiac in, ciphers. This so is this literally, <laughs> literally the plot to the Umberto Eco novel Foucault's Pendulum. Mm. Oh, that good. Is, that, yeah. is a, that is a book in which. The main characters program a computer with all of this, like, secret, yeah. like, they feed in a bunch of secret society, Illuminati, like, b- bullshit into their, like, cult stuff into a computer, and then basically end up, like, in a swirling miasma of conspiracy and secret societies and get embroiled into just, like, a, a, their, a, a meta world of their own making. 
So, Good. Well, well, if that's well, the Ron Howard Ke- version, Kevin what's Knight the Rob may- Howard version of this now, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> the Rob Howard version of it is that Kevin Knight, for some reason, because Kevin Knight might be being polluted by his own ways, has decided that it would be a great idea to also give Carmel a function to compose poetry based on its knowledge. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Good. So, there are... Um, th- there, on this website, on the History Channel website, there are poems that it's written based on the writings and deciphered ciphers of the Zodiac Killer. Um, and I don't know why you would ever do this. I can try and play you one of them here. Girlfriend. Another party started getting heavy and never had a little bit of Bobby or something going by the name of Eddie and got a finger on the trigger sloppy girlfriend this sounds like a, this sounds like the grossest like club track imaginable wow so, you know uh at the age of love a love deranged a beauty from romantic interest the thought of love and love became estranged uh, then the words of love became obsessed <laughs> surrounded by the troubled by the thieving confused and bruised and poisoned by the master confused and blinded by the helpless scheming good confused Lord. and blinded by the by the dreadful slander good i'm sure this bye. is like whoa <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I'm sure that it was given a set of meter and rhyme to try and pull yeah. out of the I mean, out of sort of the out of the zodiac corpus. Yeah. Well, but, I, uh, well, no, I have to say though that the introduction of meter and rhyme makes this so much more sinister mm-hmm. than most, um, yep. like sort of AI generated text, which you know often is just sort of like absurd and. Um, kind of silly and like funny and how almost incoherent it is with like slight bits of, of meaning. Um, whereas this, be- because it is metrical and rhyming, it sounds so much more intentional. Yeah. It, 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 like so it much sounds, more meaning is divined by just giving it a, yeah. a slightly more rigid template. Yeah. It yep. sounds like a, um, it sounds like a, like Edgar Allan Poe or something. I mean, not actually, but like it's, I don't know. It's different. It's weird. It's interesting. It's new. Yeah. It's wow. It's new. It's interesting. I love it. I'm but loving yeah, it. The, the, the idea of Sorry, this I just, in I just general re- sounded like an A&R guy or something. I just realized as I was <laughs> talking. Yeah, it's fine. You're, you're loving it. I love this guy who thought it would be a good idea to build an advanced cryptography crap cracking machine and then feed it as much of the brain of the Zodiac. As in what way have, is this though. helping to solve the Zodiac murders? I mean, I don't. Th- I think the poetry part is just that it likes poetry. <laughs> They're trying to create but, uh, a new Zodiac killer uh, through this computer <laughs> to then catch him. If we could, if we could oh, it's create trying to silence a, of the lambs, it yeah, yeah. If we could create a perfect replica of the Zodiac inside of this inescapable digital cage right, that I have made, right. it will tell us the location <laughs> of the bodies and to tell us its name. Right. <laughs> They're trying to like in the classic tradition of serial killers. Also being kind of um, sort of magnetic and charming, uh, you know, <laughs> sophisticates in the in the vein of Hannibal Lecter. They're like, ah, well, we could create the perfect serial killer by also giving it the gift of poetry. <laughs> like this is they're, they're trying. They're it's like the Zodiac Killer had this whole like cryptographic thing. Great, killed a bunch of people. Okay, that like qualifies for sure but he was missing what's the 2.0 version little zinger yeah (laughs) zodiac (laughs) 2.0 yeah he was missing that that panache you know that extra little sort of old old world sophistication Mm -hmm. um that 
that feels like the method that would have that like sort of uh rational uh reasoned white men would try to get to make an, an uh, a palatable character like in the time of the zodiac like you know what if uh, but now i i feel like we're we're no one appreciates the classics, Chris. Right. I think that if you have an AI that can generate new Zodiac content, oh, sorry, that sentence just yeah, <laughs> uh, new Zodiac content. What is that? that new sentence. murders? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we we created an AI that, using the existing work of the Zodiac, can extrapolate and create new Zodiac content. Uh, <laughs> three people have been reported murdered in the Vallejo area, uh, <laughs> and we don't know why. No. Uh, <laughs> That, sorry, that instantly got out of hand for all the reasons that it would. Uh, obviously, uh, yeah, well, yeah. what I was going to say is, is you you basically need a sunglasses wearing puffin to jump into this meeting and say poetry stuff it, old man. This zodiac's going to make <laughs> memes, and then oh, uh, no. you, <laughs> and then you have a zodiac, uh, the zodiac corpus, just generating American Chopper memes and uh, like distracted boyfriend mm-hmm. memes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know if if you don't if you uh, you know, whatever. You, if you don't like me at my this, you don't deserve me at my that. But it's just like mm. weird, uh, impenetrable ciphers and sort of right. scratchy photographs of, of right. uh, human remains. Mailed to Twitter accounts instead of the San Francisco Chronicle. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so DM sliding oh, into Zodiac Jesus. Killer sliding into my mentions again, you guys. <laughs> Zodiac oh. ebooks. Oh, no. <laughs> Zodiac ebooks has slid into your DMs and is just sending me, sending me poetry. <laughs> how did we not, how did we incorporate the fluorescent? Uh, Puffin into the Zodiac Killer and not discuss shining lights on the deceased victims of the Zodiac. I guess uh, I don't know what the result would be. Then. You'd yeah, get, you'd get you'd get the, like fluorescent illustrated but... memes. Yeah, I thought you were going to say on the letters as well. But how, uh, how did we not? It was corpse? literally Wait. a story about a guy shining a light onto a corpse and discovering. How did clues. we not talk well, about really shining a light on? The dead bodies. <laughs> Wait, Nick, did you just become a robot on purpose? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you, I can't even see your face. No, you your sound, voice is actually just... a robot voice right now. <laughs> I was, I was... <laughs> no, you actually... We lost him, we lost him. <laughs> no, I know you're Nick, joking is there about someone it, else you in the house literally... with you? <laughs> yeah, you, you're Nick, recording your something corrupt. Your mic is actually doing the... The robot thing. No, At the not. exact moment, you decided to pretend to sound like a robot. Yes, it fucking is. It really is. It really is. Yes. Are you fucking yes. kidding? Oh my god! No, we're not kidding. Weird. You fucking summoned it. You summoned it. Oh no! My computer's like let's shutting take, off. Let's take a break. <laughs> Nick, are you okay? Break. Are you alone in the house? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Is someone Nick, sending? Is someone DMing you? <laughs> All right, we actually have to take a break because Nick sounds terrible. Oh, God. Bye. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Quip. Electric toothbrushes sent to your home with brush head refills every three months. And if you go to tryquip.com slash thumbs, you will get your first brush head refill absolutely free. That's free. No money for your first brush head refill. We should we should uh, try to f- feed every version of your quip ad into Carmel, the Zodiac <laughs> uh, loving AI, and have it give you some poetry back. Yeah, but it would also it would be quip ads plus the entire writings of the Zodiac Killer. I think to generate that content. Good God, that is terrifying. <laughs> well, so well, is bad oral hygiene.
there's <laughs> the gum disease gingivitis <laughs> as also terrifying. <laughs> um, the when you get your Quip brush head refills, they come in the, these little um, sort of plastic rounded cylinders that you can cap and uncap, and they're watertight. And I have started using those to. Um, we don't have laundry in our in our apartment, so we use a laundromat. And so you know, we we buy just like the huge thing of liquid laundry detergent, and then I. Uh, so what I've been doing instead of having to lug the huge thing of laundry detergent back and forth. I've been pouring it into one of those, uh, into the little quip refill um, plastic cylinder containers because once you've gotten your refill, you don't need that that container anymore because you just stick it on your toothbrush. Uh, And it's the perfect size for like one load of liquid laundry detergent. Um, So I I have found yeah a useful uh, a useful second life for my quip. Contain my quip brush head refill containers. Did um, you try eating them once you once you <laughs> once you filled them with detergent? I assume yeah. you tried eating them. The nice thing is when you're done, it kind of creates this little sort of lollipop thing that you can enjoy. Uh, so you can you know not a single bit of the detergent goes to waste because the detergent that you don't put in your washing machine uh, is a tasty snack for when you're just hanging around the laundromat. So thanks, Quip. So if this causes any problems for you. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Quip's fault, not ours. Uh, tryquip.com slash thumbs. I always forget all those dentist terms that they say when they're cleaning your teeth, and I always wish that I remembered them so I could make jokes about going to the dentist, and I, I just never can remember any of them. For like, which, like, between which, uh, like, on the inside or outside oh God, of your mouth, yeah. and you know, like, mm. when they're basically just poking uh-huh. at every tooth-to-gum intersection and describing all of them. Oh, mm-hmm. it's... it's like maxillary and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Spocular. Yes. The sternal edge. I don't know. They're all words like that. None of those are real. They're all real. The sternal edge. This is <laughs> the name of Michael Crichton novel. Hey, we're back. Hi, guys. Hey. hey. Oh. Welcome. Welcome oh, thanks, Chris. Back. Mm. Uh, we have. Nick, you, you sound better? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Oh yeah, you're, oh. you're back to your your human self. I mean, good. I'm glad it's working. Uh, we have an email from <laughs> Vivian who writes with a clarification. She says, "I'm an evolutionary biologist. On your most recent episode, this is actually, I guess, two episodes ago. If you count our our horrific apology cast last week, um, on your most recent episode, you talked about the marbled crayfish, the crayfish that clones." You began discussing how since it clones itself, it doesn't introduce diversity into its own population. This isn't actually true. You mentioned bacteria and viruses, and those also clone themselves. While bacteria and viruses can occasionally exchange DNA with other members of their species, they still reproduce by creating exact copies of themselves. This is a much more complicated process for viruses, but we don't need to get into that. These species still have diversity in their populations, however, because of random mutations in their DNA. Like you said, when you introduce the marble crayfish, that species of crayfish was created itself by a random mutation. In a similar fashion, these random mutations will continue to occur in individuals, which will get passed on to their offsprings. This is the basis of genetic diversity. And while it's true that since they don't sexually reproduce, these mutations won't spread as quickly, the population will still, nevertheless, continue to diversify. Hope I could be of help, Vivian. Well, that just makes the entire thing about the crayfish worse, because that does mean that they're far less... uh easily destroyed than the original article claimed the article the article that we read it from is what said 
you know, the, these crayfish can just... Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they could be wiped out with a single strain because they're all the same. And then they're like, uh, I have evolved, is what one of them says. And you're like, wow, you can talk even now. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just me. It was a random mutation. I just got it. Hopefully, <laughs> I, I, have, just... hopefully I have a bunch of kids. Uh, you know, just me right now, though. How's it going? God. Crayfish. Gross. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of me. There's um, like a shitload of me. I don't have a lot of people to talk to, though. So, uh, <laughs> thanks. God. Okay. So, speaking of gross creatures that if, that uh, I guess in this case oh, didn't evolve. Also, thank what? you, Vivian. Yes. Thank you once again, as like <laughs> as happens sometimes on this show, an actual person who knows anything yes. about mm-hmm. anything has written in to tell us that we're stupid. Uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, yes. I just wanted to say I appreciate when people do this because it's it makes it feel uh, like maybe we're providing some kind of actual uh, information or like knowledge of any real sort um, yes. when our stupid bullshit is is countered by uh, knowledge. So thanks. Anyway, Jake, what were you going to say? I was going. I was going to jump into something dumb. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, <laughs> anyway, speaking of this. No. So. This just thinking about sort of uh, this slow evolution through just through mutation as opposed to the explicit sort of classic survival of the fittest style sexual reproduction uh, and uh, evolving the way that we think about normally evolving. Mm-hmm. I can't stop thinking about this stupid article that was from a couple of years ago called "Here's What Humans Might Look Like If We Had Evolved to Survive Car Crashes," in which. <laughs> I've seen this. Uh, yeah, it's it's disgusting. It's it's an article uh, covering the creation of this sculpture of a uh, called uh, Graham. Uh, Graham is a character, a, a a fictional version of what human beings would look like allegedly if they evolved in a very specific way just to survive car crashes. It's mm-hmm. it's a hideous. He's a hideous, just sort of pustule filled which are like organic <laughs> airbags like giant inflated head which is supposed to be like an evolved helmet looking just like muscular but somehow like the paunchiest just paunchy fucking guy of all time he, i guess I, this this is a project created by a trauma surgeon a crash expert and a, and a sculptor and it is so fucking vile uh you should just go look at it. There's a yeah. What do you what do you think people should search for? Chris, you had a search um, well, phrase I, for this. The, the, I, you you your preferred way to to well, gaze upon this man. I mean, yeah. Uh, whatever. I need to look at this like weird, gross sculpt. Um, I just search for car crash evolution. Uh, I did that exactly one time, which was just now, and it definitely returned a whole bunch of photos of this fucking creation so if you need to see this which i guess you should since jake is talking about it um search for car craft evolution on google and you'll find many different angles of what is apparently what i assumed to be a like a computer render but in fact is an actual sculpture a physical sculpture that was made to depict this person who represents what humans would look like if we have if we had evolved to survive car crashes so the, the, there's a couple things that I that I think about when I think about Graham, the car crash yeah. surviving man, uh, when put up against these. What we uh, talk about? Yeah, talk that's, about that's all I can think of. Yeah, put put it, put him up against the the world of asexually reproducing infinite water lobsters. Is one I I like that like Graham just 
if you go look at the picture of him, he, even though he's just a, he's a specific person that they made for this specific thing, but they chose to just make him look like the douchiest guy. Like mm-hmm. he has this disgusting goatee. He just sort of has those like just aloof white guy eyes that are not like intense, but just sort of just comfortable in the fact that he's got, <laughs> got everything he needs to, to survive a car mm-hmm. crash or just, you know, be the most successful human being left alive on the planet. And I can just imagine him looking at this army of a billion gajillion marbled crayfish and just being like, well, I got here through real evolution. <laughs> what? As opposed to what? As opposed to them who, you know, they, 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 you're just a bunch of genetic. Oh, you're just a bunch of you're just, clones. Yeah. You're just I'm the apex of humanity. Yeah. And the other one's like, uh, my mastery of English is far superior to yours, <laughs> dude. You can't, you can't fucking see or hear out of your inflated skull. And he's just like, uh, well, uh, I could survive a thousand car crashes. My grandfather and his grandfather and his grandfather survived car crashes. <laughs> also, the other thing is that you can't see this if you're listening to this audio, but Graham kind of just looks like a gross lobster man at this point. Like he, what? this is might be uh, yeah. like his, his sort of like rippled exoskeleton oh, uh, yeah. rib Whoa, thing. Something, and, yeah. and his sort of just like, uh, <laughs> just like round oval dot face. He's, he's starting to, yeah, there might right. be some sort of like, Parallel evolution I feel like, or convergent yeah, evolution. Yeah, convergent evolution. I feel like humans uh, evolving to survive car crashes and marbled lobsters, marbled crayfish, a.k.a. the water lobster, uh, or, you know, car crash surviving humans, a.k.a. the grams. The <laughs> the water lobsters and the grams might be converging into a sort of singular species. Oh, my God, that is revolting. So if you shine a UV light on the sculpture of Graham and on the marbled crayfish, if they have uh, similar looking patterns that are mysteriously alluring, mm. it might reveal that maybe one day the marble lobster uh, will become a sexual being again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, and it will then be its offspring will then be able to survive car crashes in addition to all the other things that it can do. Sure. Yeah. yeah. The amazing God, just thing about these of, photos about of Graham I, it, I is picturing that Graham having sex with a lobster. <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> That's, and then Graham's going to be like, you know, uh, when you're young, you you just don't think that the things that the kids do are going to phase you. You know, like we all have our sort of rebellious phase, and we all did things that freak out our parents. Like I survived huge car crashes, but my kids are reproducing asexually. And it, just, <laughs> it just doesn't seem right. <laughs> it's just, I just. Can't. I mean, I, I'm a tolerant guy. Um, I mean, far be it for me they can, to have opinions about how anyone. Yeah, and I mean, he's like, they can still life, survive but... car crashes like the best of them. They can still just <laughs> you just fucking slam them in there, no seatbelt, whatever. But mm, this thing where just they just drop eggs and another one of me comes out of them. <laughs> oh no! It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. You know. Yeah. I mean, but they're they're the future. They're the that's, future. That, that's more. Uh, that's more accepting than I would have expected yeah. from Graham. To be honest with you, I. Uh, you know. He's probably he's probably seen some hard times. I think when it, when it, you'd you'd be surprised at sort of the sensitive side deep down inside those aloof shitty eyes. Yeah. Although I don't know, who knows? Maybe he's just maybe Graham's going to be like, yeah, I really I don't. I mean, it's just not how I was raised. But these kids might be the people who who the generation who finally shows us a way of not being born, growing up, and dying inside <laughs> of a self driving car that is constantly <laughs> crashing into other cars. <laughs> They might finally be the change that we need. I mean, it doesn't, um, I don't, doesn't, doesn't mean anything to me. I can't relate to that. But, but yeah, uh, uh, I mean, they know? do a lot of other things that I just don't like, uh, like bud. But uh, <laughs> what? Bud off of oh, each other. Like, spo- like emit spores. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, uh, you know, we'll just have to, we'll just have to see. 
Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, that was horrible. Yeah, he's only ever known like this world. He's, um, he's only ever known this world, Chris. Yeah. Um, <laughs> should we endorse? All right. I'll start. I'll talk about things. I'm really excited Good. about my endorsement. I love it. <laughs> Good. I never just jump in on endorsements, so I might as well this time. No, you um, were aggressive that time. I'm going to this endorse. This must be the best endorsement. Oh, it's not, but it's it's a thing that I think is cool, um, and other people won't give a crap about it, which means it's a classic, important, if true endorsement. I'm going to endorse. Uh, mine's going to be worse. Anyway, go. So is mine. <laughs> I'm going to endorse. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, I think you'll find mine is the best. I have evolved to produce the most useless endorsement. Well, what if I'll humans just... were evolved to to survive endorsements uselessly you know what i'm just gonna back up everything i said this endorsement <laughs> is great it's okay, it's good. really it's good it's brought me lots of That's happiness like in recent hear. times so i'm gonna endorse a four foot long shoehorn <laughs> um <laughs> so it's so awesome i would be so um, pleased if that were your true endorsement no but my endorsement can never be my endorsement is a video game controller. It's a controller called the SN30 Pro Controller. SN30 um, Pro Video Game Controller. Yeah, All for right. pro gamers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, pretty it tactical. Is it it's like actually not black and tactical. Yeah. It's not. It's actually it's actually like light gray and uh, and cute. It's, it, it's it's a controller modeled after the original Super Nintendo controller, which is probably my favorite controller. I just I played a bazillion hours of mm. Super Nintendo as a little kid, and that controller sort of just still feels instantly comfortable in my hand. But the company uh, that makes the SN30 Pro controller, which is a company called Eight Bit Do, uh, they took the sort of materials and color and visual design of the Super Nintendo controller and its like exact shape, and um added all of the pieces to it that are needed um that are needed to make it basically compatible with modern gaming systems and now they added two Mm. analog sticks in basically the same position that they are on like a playstation controller where they're sort of down at the bottom and they added uh two triggers to the back to go with these the super nintendo's original two triggers the super nintendo introduced the like left and right triggers on top of the controller so this now has a b x y left and right stick and um, left and right bumpers and triggers. And it's um, out-of-the-box compatible with the Nintendo Switch. It, it registers oh. as a classic controller. So oh. any Nintendo Switch game that uses a classic controller can work. It also can plug in through USB to your PC. And it registers basically, I think, as an Xbox 360 controller or as a Windows-compatible gamepad. So like PC and Mac games work with it, I think. It also has a mode for Android compatibility. And there's drivers for it for Raspberry Pi. So wow. it's basically... it. They did a very good job... And and, you know, it's a Super Nintendo controller. It's a very old style form factor, which is probably not comfortable for everyone. But if you are like me, a person who really liked the Super Nintendo controller and kind of missed that style, I can just say playing Super Mario Odyssey on my Nintendo Switch with this controller was a good, a good experience nice. and I endorse it. So you're saying that this, this controller is basically... What if the SNES controller had evolved to play modern video games? Yes, it is that modern video games. It is. It has these weird pustules on the back that I haven't oh, like. Put, I haven't put the firmware update sort of in that makes those work. Them in but... order to activate their capabilities. Yeah, that's well. That's too bad. I don't like. I it mean, anymore. I don't know, but uh, the one that I bought didn't have that. But it, I bet they make that one. Sure. Um, all right, well, that's cool. That's an interesting thing. Um, I'm going to endorse like probably an even more niche electronics device uh, because I couldn't think of anything else. I need to, I need to do better prep uh, next week apparently, but this actually was really useful for me this week. So I'm going to endorse it. Uh, this is the uh, U green external hard drive enclosure. 
I assume there are other makes and models of the similar thing. Uh, what this is, is it is basically a USB box in which you can plug in internal hard drives, um, you know, just computer hard drives, and then connect this thing to your computer, and then you can just mount those hard drives and browse them like you could any other external or internal hard drive, but you don't have to, like, open your computer up and, like, screw them into the thing and plug them in, power them, and do all that crap. Um, If you're anything like me, and there's a good chance you're not, um, you have just ancient hard drives lying around. I've had, like, four just big old, like, the huge old, you know, like, three and a half inch big brick hard drives sitting around and then two more additional little internal, I guess they used to call them laptop sized hard drives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, man, I, I'm the kind of person who can't just like dispose of those. I'm like, I need to know if there's anything on there that's important or kind of interesting or, uh, you know, historically significant. Uh, and, but I didn't want to like, open up a computer and plug all the crap in and do all the stuff. So I bought this Ugreen external hard drive enclosure and I just went through each of these hard drives one by one and essentially just did archaeology on these ancient hard drives, which like all of them still worked. I mean, some of these were clearly well over a decade old um, because I had files on some of these dating back to like 2004. Um, and it's kind of amazing to go through files that old and see the sort of last modified date still reflect a time older than probably at least some listeners of this podcast. Uh, it's just a weird, it was just a weird experience. Um, and what I ended up doing, I just bought a, I think actually I might've endorsed a huge hard drive on you did, yeah. a previous episode. Yeah. So what I did this week was I, I selectively went through these hard drives and just moved the stuff that I kind of wanted to keep for sentimental or, or other reasons and copied them over to my new huge, like two or three terabyte hard drive. And after doing that, after going through like five old hard drives, it basically still barely made a dent in the storage space of my new huge hard drive. Um, and now I only have one big hard drive instead of like nice. five or six. Man, um, you endorsed that hard drive January 13th. Wow. And I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that like, uh, Three months later, you've finally actually done the archiving project, uh, which is uh, that sounded like I was like maybe dunking on you or something. But what I would do is buy the hard drive and then never do the archiving project. Yeah, I'm so. shocked that I did it. Honestly, um, yeah. I'm pleased with myself. So, so yeah, yeah I have that's... six hard drives in my closet that I've literally kept saying what mm-hmm. it is to it, and I've never done it. Yeah, so. man, that's what happens. So anyway, that's that's uh, that's it. Um, it's a weird specific endorsement, but maybe it'll help you. Anyway, Nick, what are you endorsing? What do you got? Uh, speaking of... Let's slide down this slope. Spe- spe- speaking, <laughs> speaking of endorsements uh, that were previously seeded uh, months ago that oh, I am shit. surprised that you have experienced, I I recently I recently took the bait and went curling yes. in Canada. True Canadian curling experience. Oh, my experience. God. I saw, I saw some evidence of this mm-hmm. on Twitter. Yep. And I have I'm refrained not it up. from asking you about it because I wanted to hear about it on this podcast. It was... Um, and now I will. It was interesting. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. I, I got to say, like... You know, I didn't. Uh, I didn't really know what to expect, but it. it, it yeah, sure. I would not. Know yeah, what to expect. but um, I I, <laughs> I ended up getting blamed for this entire uh, sequence of events because I told Nels, our friend Nels, that I wanted to go curling, and then the, the host of yes. the host of Idle Thumbs' own Terminal Seven yes. podcast, mm-hmm. um, uh, a, a Netrunner card game podcast. Yeah, 
Please, Nick, gotta get the plug in there. <laughs> anyway, you told you told Nell something. Yeah, I, well, I told him I wanted to go curling, and he said we'll definitely do that. And then a week later, he organized a uh, Facebook invite, and it was it just happened to be for his birthday that he decided oh, let's shit. just I'll get together like seven other friends uh including janelle and we'll just go curling as a as like whose birthday nels yeah birthday? for nels's birthday yeah and so it was like a, it was like a classic like birthday like kids birthday party experience of just like <laughs> going out and doing yeah, like a daytime the, activity yeah. you know before yep, the pizza uh-huh. party or whatever um right. yeah. it, it felt very much like that it actually it was strange because like we also just you know, we, we went to the sports complex and we met up with this uh, coach who was going to teach us how to curl. And like he was just. But he ended up teaching you something about yourself. <laughs> well, he was just so clearly filling in that role of like the adult who knew everything. And we were just bumbling <laughs> idiots. Right. Like it actually for two yeah. hours, I did feel like a kid again. Uh, it was, wow. It was very, wow. very strange. I mean, it was literally Curling. like being in gym class where you just have no idea how to play basketball or like even like no any, like, you know, and just like, here's how you're going to walk and talk. And like, you know, just doing the most basic things in curling make you feel like such a baby. There were eight of us. And we split up into four teams eventually after we learned how to do the stuff um, and actually played each other for an hour, which was really fun. Um, and uh, I was the captain uh for the first for the oh, first wow. end uh and uh that was i honestly like you know i i tend to in certain situations i'm i'm fairly confident in other situations i get stage fright this i was so nervous curling like the entire two hours was oh, a man. nightmare because i just and yet you were the well and, and you know the guy that got the most canadian man you could possibly imagine this this sort of like dad curler who just like is just so Canadian when he at the start okay, yeah. asked you know why are you guys here uh, and, and Nels is just like well uh, Nick Nick he's the reason uh, he wanted to curl so then from then on it was like oh well I know everything about curling so I should clearly be able to just like you know slide down the <laughs> ice like a like a ballerina and just you know just perfectly pull off every move and and then you can't when you're cur- like when you're curling you just you literally start you push yourself off of this like starting block and then have to slide for 15 20 feet while you're bent down in this lotus pose uh and then hurl this 40 pound stone towards a target that's like 100 feet down you can't even see the target that you're throwing at i mean this is the most ridiculous thing uh and of course everybody was just sliding around and 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 falling all over the place i mean it was just it was it was crazy but um, after about an hour of instruction, we actually managed to play three uh, ends, they call them, uh, reasonably well. Like, we scored points. Our team won. Uh, it was it was nice. really cool. Nice. Yeah. How was, it, how was it being the team captain? Nerve-wracking. Like, just totally nerve-wracking. I mean, he wasn't helping us at all. He was down at the other end. And so, I, and then you have to do these hand signals where you sort of signal what kind of shot you want. You, you call the shot. You say, I want you to sort of aim for here but this is this is where it's going to cur- start curling from because you have to curl the stone um yeah. and i didn't know what the hell i was doing <laughs> like i had no idea what i was doing uh so i but i guess i'm good because we we clearly dominated and uh, destroyed the other team <laughs> yeah i mean it sounds like you're an expert curler yeah i think that's what i learned i'm uh, officially a canadian now nice <laughs> the back of the canadian driver's license it's just instead of organ donors, just have you curled, and Nick now can like put the little stamp on there. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, you did it. 
<laughs> I I am impressed. So Jake, you were impressed that I followed up on my January hard drive endorsement. I'm going to say that is bullshit. Oh yeah, no. To following up on following curling. up on curling. Yeah. yeah, no, you did it, Nick. <laughs> Thank well you. Done. Thank cool. You. That's awesome. I'm excited. Okay, well, hold on. Actually, you didn't actually necessarily specifically indicate. Are you actually endorsing curling? Oh yeah, I'm fully endorsing curling. You know what I would okay. say? I was. Like, I knew that curling was harder than it looked. It is much harder than it looks. Like, an order of magnitude. Yeah. I was, like, I'm in fairly good shape. And when we got done, I was just a destroyed human. Uh, it is, it is like, it, it works your muscles in ways that it just, they normally yeah. don't get worked. It is I actually bet. like a It works fairly... your muscles in very, speci- very specific ways, creating yes. a new form of man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some kind of man no. with like a yeah a long a really long arm with a with a brush on the end of it or something. God, is is curling enough of a competitive thing that it does actually select for specific body types and stuff like a lot of sports do? I don't know. I mean, having watched a little bit of it, it seems like I mean the captain of the U.S. team is just kind of like a big schlubby looking dude. Uh, maybe that's so what your you want to be. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe the car crash guy is yeah. perfect for curling. Yeah. All right. Oh, Chris. Yeah. Chris. Yes. How is the um, cold shower capper treating you <laughs> oh, as far as endorsement off. ketchups go? <laughs> was that the one from like episode two? Yeah, or that was, that was yeah, way back so. there. Yeah. 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 No, I shut up. Uh, I, th- I, I, have, you I know what sucks is that because I put that out into the world publicly like uh, over a year ago at this point, I still like maybe every, I don't know, three times I take a shower, I still literally think about it and my failure. Um, oh man that's a bummer that's like you putting that out of the world is like telling someone like oh yeah i started running it's like don't tell someone you started running unless you have already been running (laughs) for like six months like don't say that you know that you're actually a runner yeah 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 it's a disaster uh anyway all right well i guess that that wraps it up for endorsements this week thank you for joining us on this episode of important if true um we probably will not have an episode next week Jake and I are both out of town, and I'm just guessing it's not going to happen. So I am sorry about that, um, but at least you know. At least you know it's coming. Um, and thank you for listening to this episode of Important If True. If you have any questions for us, if you need our advice, if you have a problem that needs solving, uh, anything of that nature, go ahead and send it to questions at importantiftrue.com, and we will do our best. Our website is importantiftrue.com, and you can direct people there if you want to recommend this show to them, which, of course, we appreciate greatly. Uh, And from there, you can subscribe to the show. You can uh, get all the information about it, Um, you know, links to YouTube videos, forum threads, all that stuff is all at importantiftrue.com. And I think that's it. I think that's all we got. So... Uh, once again, thank you for listening. And for Idle Thumbs, I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Even out on the ice, stay spicy. You did not describe what these puffin sunglasses actually look like. What in the fucking world? What do you mean? <laughs> what? Is that what, what are, they look like? Uh, I mean, they look like big, oh, man. flat, 
Oh, God. Those, <laughs> this is the fucking most outrageous shit. Oh, they do look cool after all. Yeah, they're like huge fake aviator <laughs> they're sunglasses. They're like big emojis. Yeah. Oh, what? It Wait, hold on. What? Emoji. The ones you're showing are not the ones that I saw. <laughs> yeah. How did you find this? What did sunglasses? you search for to find this? Uh, I did an image search for Puffin wearing sunglasses. <laughs> and you didn't find like just a fucking cool ass Puffin? No, I was trying to find it. Well, I did. I found one. I found a thing. I found one, but it was too It was too lame and I rejected it instantly. Uh-huh. <laughs> Stud Puffin. Yeah, no, they're, they're just they're just like, okay, you know what it reminds me of the Puffin wearing sunglasses? It reminds me of in Star Wars, uh, like the original movie when um, Luke is learning how to use a lightsaber in the Millennium Falcon. And yeah. he has to wear that helmet that mm. blocks his vision. And sure. it's like, oh, wear the blast shield. Like, don't forget the blast shield. And I'm like, the fucking, yeah. bl- it's literally just, you can't see it. Couldn't they have made one that like is super strong plexiglass or something? It's they made a fucking Death Star. Like, is the technology, does it does not exist to not make right. a blast shield helmet literally also make you blind? But it's And that's what they're doing totally- to these puffins. Nah, it's these though is the thing. Like it's just what I can't not think of a puffin wearing like yellow mirrored Oakleys. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> sick. Yeah, it's what. Ah, uh, I mean, yeah. they definitely look cooler than Luke Skywalker. Ah, uh, yeah, that's such a cool puffin, mm-hmm. man. Stud puffin.